Welcome to the Daily Path Podcast, where it's all about building an authentic life and business. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr., and now for today's message. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr., and today I'm joined by Sean Boyle. He is the owner of Momentum Digital as well as Momentum 360, where he provides digital marketing and 3D content for small businesses in Philadelphia. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Joe, thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, so today, I would like to talk about how content marketing and local SEO help small businesses get leads, as well as how you got to where you are today and some of your best practices for getting clients um, in a business. So um, if I'm not mistaken, you grew your business to over $1 million by 24, correct? Correct, yes. Congratulations on that. Um, and, you, and you also grew a real estate portfolio to over $2 million by 24 as well. Um, so I want to start like from a mindset perspective. What were like the biggest decisions you had to make to accomplish such an accomplishment at a young age? Well, I'll tell you, man, like it's a pretty crazy story. I, I love telling the story. And it's, uh, I would say one of the most influential things that's happened in my life. Uh, so I'll take everybody a step back to when I was in high school. And I think I was about 19, 20, I forget. But I went to the best high school in America, Roman Catholic high school in Philadelphia. It's for all boys, strict. They have nuns. They you know, crack the ruler on you. If, you know, you're, oh, wow. Even if I had like this kind of uh, people who are listening to audio, I have like a five o'clock shadow, I guess you'd call it, whatever. If I had this... They did give you detention. You know what I mean? Like you had to be oh, wow. cut every single day. Like it was strict, man, but it was good. And when I was a senior, I was planning to go on this like really big trip down the shore with the family, you know, senior week. That's a big thing here in Philly and a lot of other you know, schools in the uh, Northeast. And I got a call from my dad on a Friday and we were all going to go down because graduation was, um, it was on like a Saturday or something like that. And then the weekend and next week we're going to go down the shore and everything. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be great. Like I'm ready because he was going to be the main guy to plan everything together. So I was waiting on this call for the entire day. I was like sweating. I was like, oh, are we going to go? Are we not going to go? So I was like, oh my God, dad's calling. So I answered my phone and he sounded very grim and almost like mm -hmm. there was like a certain, you know, uh, negative vibe to it immediately. And he was like, Sean, I, I, I want to tell you, man, that there's no... Um, there's, there's not going to be anything down the shore. And mm. I need to tell you some other uh, ominous news as well. Uh, I've been indicted by the federal government. And my heart, Joe, just sank. Because, again, I'm a 19, 20-year-old kid. You know, right. I don't really have that much experience in business. And, and for me to hear that, I was like, like, immediately my mind goes to the worst case scenario. It's like, dad's going to jail. Mm. You know, so... It started this process, a very unfortunate process, where my senior year uh, into summer was kind of, I don't want to say I was stripped of it, but it was definitely a challenge. And then uh, I got accepted into Penn State, Altoona, one of the branch campuses at Penn State, which was fantastic. And when I was going there throughout my entire collegiate life and career uh, until I graduated in 2020, my dad was in prison. He went in. Joe, and for listeners, I want to say um, January of 2017, okay. and he got out in about March of 2020 during mm. the pandemic, which is crazy. 
mm. because there were so many different things. We were thinking, oh, is he going to get out early because you know Trump was in office? He was talking about a lot of other things. But back to when I was going through that, I kind of, and at the core of me, was that a desperation, right? I, I was so... I want to say like depressed and anxious. I didn't know what I was going to be doing. So I had to make money. I was thinking, well, like what's the fastest way to get as much money as possible with a college degree? And I was like, oh my God, we got to do engineering, right? And I wasn't even right. that good at math or physics. So I was like, what's going to happen? You know, all these different things. So I was in engineering and within two weeks, I, I dropped out, right? Mm -hmm. I dropped out of that that uh, program. I was like, I need to find something else. I don't want to call the kids nerds or anything like that. I love my engineers. My stepbrother, he's going to be a doctorate in engineering, right? So he's, he's a brilliant guy. But I just didn't vibe with the kids. I'm a very extroverted person. I like going out and meeting people and, and sales and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't me. I stumbled upon, um, and we can touch on this uh, in, in later questions, but I stumbled upon uh, Gary Vee and Tony Robbins and all this kind of stuff. And that really brought me to life mm -hmm. um, with my entrepreneurial spirit and soul. But uh, the biggest thing um, I, I can say right now is just uh, with my dad, honestly, when he was indicted. It's pretty mm -hmm. wild. Mm, interesting. So you're firstly, I want to say congratulations on on your tremendous success at a young age. Definitely want to start by saying that. Um, what do you feel like was what character trait, if you had to look at yourself in hindsight, like looking at the 19, 20 year old version of yourself yeah. facing the adversity that you were facing when you got the call from your father, what character trait? or belief or what character traits and beliefs would you say you had that made you make that type of decision? Cause I mean, a lot of people face adversity and they don't make that decision. They make a different decision They, you know, um, unfortunately some people face adversity and they choose to go down a path of like victimhood. Right. So for someone that's listening right now and they're, they might be facing some sort of adversity like looking at your life and at that point in time in your life, what character traits or beliefs would you say you held that um, empowered you to make that decision to pursue success, although you were facing what you were facing? I've had a really screwed up, messed up childhood, man. So I feel like I was kind of blessed to experience mm. that in a sense because I kind of knew what not to do. You know what I mean? I didn't know essentially what to do, but I knew what I, I could not do. Give us an you know, example like of what you, you mean by that. So my, uh, and I can tell you stories, like uh, a lot of my dad's family uh, and even my, a lot of my mom's family as well, alcoholics, um, mm. pill poppers, you know, they had certain addictions. And from a very young age, I saw that um, really just, I, I would say, prohibit them from reaching their full potential, especially mm. in their career, especially that with because mm. I would see them going, you know, social interactions and family parties, and they would just be completely out of it. And I was mm. like, well, what's going on with uh, Uncle Dan over there? And my dad's like, oh, he's he's tired, you know, but as I started to grow up, and I knew what was going on, I understood what what was happening. And I felt mm. like from a young age, I was just experiencing that. So often, I think it is a blessing that mm. I understood that at such a young age, so I understood when my dad was going to go to prison, I said to myself, just like you just mentioned, I said the exact same thing. I said, you know what? My entire family, for the most part, has made the negative decision to mm. let pills and other excuses and other things really, I would say at the end of it, Joe, just consume their life. 
And you know what? I and to this day, this is my goal and and goal, vision, philosophy. I want to be the boil who puts us back on the map, mm, who makes us more legitimate. And it, it's not for me. It's for my family's name right. and for our future legacy. For right. my kids who aren't even born yet with a wife I don't even have yet, a family I don't have um, soon to be. But that's really what I'm, I'm fighting for, for all my entrepreneurial ventures. It's the future legacy of the Boyle family name to be remembered with respect, with honor, not as, oh, those Irish hoodlums over there who just drink and, you know, mm. do all these other drugs. Mm. That was my main thing. Mm. Thank and you for sharing character that. trait to, I mean, resilience, uh, the the understanding and knowledge and, and confidence to understand of like the, the situation at hand. Um, but resilience was was the biggest thing because I've had a lot of stuff thrown at me at a, at a young age. And I think it was important to have that, to have, you know, that as Jocko Willink says, the Navy SEAL, to have your mind be calloused and mm -hmm like an onion so to speak is you can handle all of these different stress levels and you just at one point in time you just get unvincible i'm sure right. you've had that as well a lot of other right. people where it's like you're so used to something it's not you know it's just very common at this point so all these mm. external things that don't really bother me it's just okay let's continue doing what we're doing here let's grow let's see what we can do and make something uh, amazing make the best out of it Definitely. Thank you for sharing that to my listeners listening right now you know if if if, if you're going through something right now in your life or if you know someone going through something right now in their life, I think there's a lot you can take from what was just said. Like the first thing is even when you don't have an example of what to do, you can make the decision about what you're not going to do. Right. And so I really resonate with that part of your story because in my life, um, you know, I love my father, but my, to me, my father was an example of what not to do. And so I just knew I did not want to do that. And so I had to make the decision that I didn't want to do that. And I think once we can make a decision, whether it's, you know, looking at parents, whether it's looking at, you know, uncles or cousins or even friends or teach, whatever, right. Peers in the community. Once we can look at something and say, man, like, I don't want to do that. I can care about you and not want to be like you. Right. Like, I think that's really powerful. Number one. And then I think this, the, the next thing that you're, that you're speaking to is like, the pursuit of knowledge. And, and when you say being confident in it, what I'm hearing is like not being fearful of what you don't know and being interested mm -hmm. in pursuing information that could help you better your life. And not just for yourself, but also for your family, as you mentioned, right? Like you're not just doing it for yourself. You're also doing it for your family's name and your legacy. So that's, that's really huge. Um, I, now, you mentioned how you stumbled upon Gary V and Tony Robbins. Um, so I, I have to ask, you grew up, you saw what you didn't want. How important in the next season of your life was it for you to change your circle of influence? So, and this is a big thing I think that's still going on in my life is, you know, past friends, current friends. And mm. I, I think and especially for people like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, I was just engulfed into the digital culture because I think at that point in time, mm. it was really exploding. The Ty Lopez is the world, the Grant Cardone's of the world. So I was really 10,000 hours, Malcolm Gladwell, my mind to, well, 
what what is something that I can really chomp into that is going to not only set me up for life, but to a point where I'm really not going to have to worry about money or I'll have, you know, certain mm. assets to, you know, really set aside for certain families. So th there are really two people, Joe, who I really came to really admire. Um, and the first one actually just came up really this year uh, mm. is Alex Ramosi and the digital mm. marketing uh, realm right. with his amazing platform and just the clearness that right. he puts thoughts together with. It's unbelievable. I agree. Um, and I learned more about uh, him, you know, obviously this year, but setting up, um, you know, momentum. That was with uh, my business partner, Mac. I actually was an intern at that company um, and I worked my way all the way up and then I grew the 360 side of it, the content side of it, where we do mm. tour, virtual tours and promo videos and photography. And it's kind of a one, two punch where we work with a lot of these smaller, medium, larger sized businesses and mm. kind of do digital marketing, but also content marketing. So from like a Gary V, Tony Robbins perspective, like when a lot of them that were, were coming up, I thought virtual tours was going to be a great add on because it was during COVID. People were locked inside and it was just, you know, it, it was something that people really needed at the end of the day. Um, and then the second person really was Grant Cardone because I've, I've done stocks. I've done crypto. The only thing that really I, I would say that I can hang my hat on is real estate in terms of investments. Now, I know there's people who are listening who do stocks, who do crypto, and that's totally fine. That's that's what you love. But just it's just such a net positive, Joe, at the end of the day that I think just the cash flow and the tax write offs, it's it's not for everybody. I'll tell mm -hmm. that first and foremost. But I think for me, it was perfect. Um, but yeah, Grant Cardone and Hermosi. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Mm, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I uh, major fan of Alex Hermosi. I think his his philosophy on life, um, like he has really great business content. But I'm very intrigued by like, his philosophy about life yeah. and as a person, you know, mm -hmm. it's like he, very interesting, dude. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned that in the first company, you actually was an intern and then you worked your way all the way up. And then you, you started the 360 side of it where you, um, was doing the content. So tell us about how you got your first handful of clients. Once you decided to make the 360 side, firstly, before we even get into that, was this like a matter of like, you sat down with your now business partner and you was like, look. I think this was, this is a really great addition. We should do this. Is that kind of how that went? So it's a funny story, man. Like we're in uh, 16th and market. This is like our, our off current office. Our previous office was uh, on Hancock street in, in North Philadelphia. And I remember we were both in the office one day and I saw this like Xbox looking thing. Cause again, like we were on the cusp of like already doing something, but it was like one of those like things where, you know, you see that, uh, what do they call it? Like shiny object syndrome. Right, right. And it was like, oh, we're going to do these things. It's like, well, let's come back down to earth of what's really making us money. So I saw this like Xbox looking thing. I'm like, Mac, like, well, what is this? Like, you know, keep like video games hit this. Like, well, what is this? He's like, no, it's a 360 camera. Um, one of my friends dropped it off. It's like, cool, you should check it out. And that just clicked. I was like mm. tours, businesses, office space, anything. And my mom was just racing. And it kind of just happened, honestly. Mm. I, I pretty much just told Mac one day, I'm like, hey, man, like, we're really, because at, at the time, he unfortunately um, had one of his partners leave him. So I was mm. kind of like, all right, well, I, in his words, not mine, I was one of like the, the best people he had at the time. So that's why I kind of went with me to promote the partner and everything. She so was like, well, 
we're really just getting this business essentially started again, right? Mm. So why don't we try it out? And I agreed. I said, yeah, let's do it. I, I think it's a great idea. I, I laid out the whole concept of we're going to really start with small businesses and real okay. estate agents. Okay. And I just started hammering the phones. I was going door to door. I was making connections. And again, to parlay it back to real estate, that's why I also wanted to start the 367 company because we're going to be working with a lot of agents and brokers and developers. Mm. And that's what I want to be, you know, in a decade from now, like developing all these properties. So it all entwines together where there, there's mm. a you know, method to the madness, so to speak. Mm. Um, but that's really how it was started, man. And it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy ride two years from now where you know, we're at now. Here's something to ask yourself. Why do some keynote speakers and expert coaches charge thousands or tens of thousands while others only charge a few hundred? Well, the most successful keynote speakers and expert coaches all have the same four qualities. They know how to position their value, they can get their clients results, they charge more than their competitors, and they have a repeatable client acquisition process. It's not rocket science. They have a structured system and process that makes it easier to attract leads, convert those leads into clients, and deliver on their promise. This is why I would like to introduce to you Podcast Sales Mastery. Podcast Sales Mastery is our one-on-one -on -one, nine-month coaching program where you will be able to launch an impactful client acquisition podcast within 30 days. You will also be able to master messaging and storytelling frameworks so you can create results-driven content for your audience without running out of things to say, positioning you to change lives around the world while enrolling fully committed and highly qualified clients at 10K or more so you can make a much bigger impact without sacrificing family or fulfillment. If you would like to learn more about Podcast Sales Mastery, visit www.dailypathacademy.com. That's www.dailypathacademy.com. So, so whenever you say door to door, you know, I, I did door to door sales, but for the people that don't know door to door, you know, you could do door to door, like go to a neighborhood, literally go house to house, knock on doors or yeah. go to like a shopping center, business to business, knocking on doors. Tell us the door to door you was doing, right? Like when you say door to door, were you like going from home to home or business to business? And from there, like, how did you drum up the business? Like, give us like, if someone was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pound the pavement. I'm ready. I, I'm going to do door-to-door -door as well. What steps yeah. would you tell them to take? So here's what I would do. Here's, here's what I did because I, I was a little crazy. And I still am a little crazy now, right? But I had about a, two friends of mine, two good friends who I was like, guys, come on. Like, let's go out. Like, it's a summer you know, afternoon. It's beautiful out. Sunny skies. We're a blue polo. Colors of momentum blue. And let's go and hit Chestnut Hill. And Chestnut Hill, for people who don't know, it's this – I would say old fashioned section of Philadelphia where there's a lot of rich people there. There's a lot of small businesses and there's also a lot of uh, developments and old real estate. That's, you know, it's a hotbed for, for real estate transactions as well okay. as small businesses. So my pitch was really simple, right? I would go to, let's just say I, uh, Andrew Demansky, he owns the, the little art gallery. I think that was one of the first tours I ever sold ever, which is crazy. I still remember that, but I woke up to him. And I have, again, the camera in hand. So I have the little Xbox looking thing. It's like, a, <laughs> I got the tripod and I just knock on the thing. I'm like, hey, how you doing, sir? Like, my name's Sean Boyle. I'm a young and hungry kid on the block. Um, I see that you have a really good rating on Google. You have a, you know, 4.5 review on Google, whatever the thing was, but you're missing a virtual tour. And I know Google's like really, you know, and uh, what was the thing? I, Google's really uh, prioritizing this, all this kind of stuff. Um, I know that, you know, this is something that you really need. So uh, I really just wanted to come in and see if I can do uh, this one for you for $100. Mm. 
and I mm. can knock it out in an hour. And what'd you say to that? And Andrew has this, you know, very thick English accent. And he was just saying, yeah, let's, let's do it, man. Let's, let's do it. He, he really wasn't, he didn't push back too much. He didn't understand it, right, right. you know, but he was like, let's, let's, let's do it. So that's kind of how I think the first deal went. And um, now let me ask you really fast. Pitch. This was someone you already knew from, from previous business. Right? No, no, no. This was, this, this was someone who was completely cold. Oh, completely cold. So you had, okay. Completely cold. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just remember him so well. Cause he, he hits me up. He's like, Oh, Sean, you want to buy this piece, that piece, whatever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. so you, you go to him cold and you're like, Hey, um, you did your research on the business. You know, you, I see you have this X amount of stars, but I noticed you don't have this, uh, virtual tour, right? So okay. you, you start with something great. You point out a problem. And you sell him on why he should go ahead and hire you right there on the spot, which is, you know, uh, something that Alex Ramosi also talks about, which is like speed of speed of delivery. Right. You like literally have yeah. your camera right there and like, right let's go, go. Yeah. right now. Right. OK, yeah. so uh, so that was your first deal. And then from there, what was the what was the second deal? Like same exact way, just literally going to businesses, doing the same thing. I probably, Joe, got about three or four deals that way. Um, and obviously the, like the common objections is like, oh, this is like, you know, it, it's a bells and whistles thing. How is it going to increase the business? But again, like you guys who are listening to this can go on Google's uh, Google, my businesses, uh, you know, I would say optimization techniques. It's literally on their website and they say virtual tours are increasing X impressions or whatever it is, but they're literally prioritizing it. So mm. if someone was like, oh, I don't believe this, you know, this is smoke and mirrors, I would literally pull up the Google page on my phone and I would show it to them in real time. Mm. I put the camera down, I'd pick up my phone and everything. And they'd be like, oh, well, they're prioritizing it, whatever. Well, show me some numbers that you've done, right? And at the time, I haven't done a single tour. So Matterport, which is the virtual tour software, has a whole case studies page. So right. I kind of said, oh, yeah, this is my business, blah, blah, blah. And the person was like, oh, Matterport, like you own this business? I'm like, yeah, I own this. This is my company. Thinking I own a billion dollar company, right? <laughs> that's what I did. So that's kind of how I would overcome some certain objections and just really get my foot in the door. And mm. as time went on, Joe, I would continue to invest in local SEO myself, like getting reviews in the Philly location. And this is something we could talk about as well, but actually expanding it to uh, the whole nation um, with mm. a lot of other stuff as well. But that that's kind of how I would get my first couple of deals in the mm. business. Congratulations there. Nice nice way to go out and drum up business. You know, door to door has always been my default. If I don't have leads, you know, I'm just going to go out and knock doors. Uh, yep. COVID actually shifted it for me. That's when I made the decision to like really figure out LinkedIn um, and just kind of went from there. But I want to ask you now. So if there was an entrepreneur who was just starting out listening to this and wanted to make their first 100K within the next 12 months, what step-by-step -step process would you tell them to take? Like, would you tell them to set up SEO and those things? Like, or, you know, what would, what would you tell them to do from like, you know, creating an offer to how to generate leads to how to close those leads? Like what would, what would be your process? And, and, you know, both, um, tangible and intangible, right? Like what are, what are the mindset they should have along the way, et cetera, et cetera. What would you tell them? So if they're starting from scratch, let's just say they're trying to create a virtual tour company, right? Of sorts, which I actually was putting together a course, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so there's a couple of things that I would start off with. Number one, you got to know how to sell. I don't care if you're good and in, in this skill, that skill. 
I firmly believe that sales and negotiation is the most important mm. skill in entrepreneurship. You know, I, I don't even mean to cut you off here. I just wish I had like a bomb drop here because I've spoke to so many people that are great at what they do. And I'm like, dude, I don't mean to sound rude when I tell you this, but being great at what you do is not the thing that you have to be good at selling. Like, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. you could drum up all the leads you want, but if you don't know how to close them, then you're not going to close any deals. It's as simple as that, right. you know? So what I would recommend is to study the Alex Ramoses of the world. And like he talks about as well, get as much money as you have. It could be, you know, a couple hundred bucks, spend that on learning how to sell, learning how to sell and, and closing and all these different frameworks. And you don't even have to do that because we have YouTube. We have so many different platforms. Right. You can go on YouTube <laughs> and learn. So I'm already coming from the basis that you know how to sell, right? That's number one. So number two, what I would recommend doing is um, obviously investing in, like, again, if you don't have like an iPhone, you can get like an iPhone 13 Pro, which does 360 tours, which is great, right? So you literally can stand there. And again, like you're, you're using this not only to shoot the tours, but you're also using this to close deals and do all this kind of stuff. So invest in an iPhone if you don't have it, which I think mm -hmm. we all do, right? right? So let's get to the nitty gritty of it. You need to create a Google My Business page. That's probably from a local SEO perspective, one of the most important things you can do. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Because, uh, and people who don't know what Google My Business is, Google My Business is a free um, profile on Google itself that allows you to showcase your hours, reviews, um, pictures, even a virtual tour of your business like we just discussed. So you mm. need to do this. And the reason you need to do this is because Google is quite literally advertising you saying, okay, they're a photographer in this specific area. So when people Google virtual tour provider in Philadelphia per se, my business is going to come up because mm -hmm. that's what we are. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And as time goes on, you get more and more reviews. So you're only going to outrank a uh, certain uh, competition that isn't doing that. Right. Um, so that's one, another thing I would do. The thing that's worked out best for me is writing blogs on top of the SEO. So okay. And really quickly, um, being a great writer is another tremendous skill as well, being a great communicator. Um, what I would recommend doing is 2,000 words, five internal links, five external links. I know I'm kind of rushing here, but to get to the point, um, creating a, a question of how much do virtual tours cost? Think of what your competitors are going to Google on the platform itself. Say, oh, how much do virtual tours cost? What are the benefits of virtual tours? All these mm. questions people are answering. So if you can already have that answer in the form of a blog on your website, which you should have already created, by the way, mm. then you're going to get higher rankings. You're going to get right. leads. People are going to contact you. Um, so those are some of the things that to make their first 100K, that's what I did. Because right. literally, what was it, 2019, 2020, the first year we did 360, we made 100K. Right. So that's this is literally what I did to create, obviously, you know, cold calling, other stuff. But I would say from the something I wish I invested in more is local mm -hmm. SEO, writing more blogs on right. top of cold calling and uh, really harnessing the power of SEO. Mm, that's that's good stuff. Now, what do you think are some common misconceptions around local SEO? Because I don't think a lot of people really. Um, try to take advantage of it. Yeah. So, and it's sad, right? Because a lot of, you know, small business owners, whether they're young or old, they need to do this kind of stuff. I think in terms of like misconceptions, you know, 
a lot of people think it's like a, um, you know, one size fits everybody, so to speak. So for instance, if you're a, let's just say, um, you're like an e-commerce company, right? You're like, oh my God, I got to create local SEO. Why? You're an e-commerce company. You're selling like the, it's just a different framework. You should be focused on advertising, like Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram mm. kind of stuff. You should be solely on on ads because people aren't coming to a uh, brick and mortar store, right? Mm. Let's just say I own a cafe, right? I own Sean's Cafe, whatever. I sell muffins, best coffee in the world. I want to prioritize the most amount of people in this area that can go to my cafe. So obviously mm. Google my business, local citations kind of stuff. But I think um, a lot of people get wrapped up, but who, especially who are doing e-commerce, a lot of our clients are like, oh, well, how does local SEO fit into this? It's like, it really doesn't. I mean, you don't necessarily mm. need it. You know, the, the, the resources and the capital that I would recommend are to be put into good advertising, to creating a solid offer like Alex Ramosi talks about. Right. Local SEO, unless you're really worried about building a bigger brand for yourself, ranking for your certain business name or your own personal name, then local SEO really isn't something that uh, you need to do. So it all depends on the business. Service-based mm. businesses, you need to have local SEO. But businesses right. that are more e-commerce, where, where they're shipping stuff to different parts, you don't right. really need to touch any of that. Mm. So, so speaking to speaking to service-based businesses, because you have you know online service-based businesses, and then you have you know local service-based businesses. Would you say yeah. that like you know an online service-based business um, should use local SEO, um, or would you say that like your philosophy is more so like if you're just simply a local business, you should use local SEO, and if you're not a local business, then you should use it, but it's probably not the the top of your priority. Yeah. So let's just like perfect example, right? Like, so Momentum 360, we are a service, but we're digital, right? So we have, you know, we get rankings and everything. Sure. You can come to my office, but like, you know, that, that, that's just like our corporate <laughs> office, so to speak. Right. Um, I, I can get you a tour, but like, it's, it's, it's just, it's a different thing. Um, you need to still prioritize it. You definitely need to still prioritize it. However, if you're again, like your mom and pop shop, brick and mortar, that's something that other than referrals, which is number one thing that you really need to focus on. Cause if you're brick and mortar and you are not ranking for like cafe in Philadelphia and you're literally in the heart of center city, Philadelphia, you got problems, you know, mm. cause you should be, you should be ranking at least in your general vicinity of, mm. um, uh, and the same thing for digital as well. But, and this is something is, to talk about as well is, Scaling digitally obviously is a lot easier because you don't have to own any real estate. There's no leasing. Right. So to kind of talk about what I did, we're nationwide. So we have about 50 Google My Businesses in each uh, city, like primarily so like Salt Lake City, LA, Boston, Chicago, Miami, all these places. So for us, it's like so much easier to scale because we don't necessarily have like a you know metaphorical physical location, although we do rank high. Uh, on Google My Business, because we have, and this is a cool thing that people don't know, is you don't need like a physical address for Google My mm. Business. You need just a address to um, send a postcard, so to speak, but that isn't necessarily your main office. So you could send it to like your house, but you don't want people to show up at your house. So you can put on mm. Google, say, hey, I don't want people to show up here. Um, and that's what it would be. So it's, 
it's local SEO is definitely needed um, for service-based businesses, period, digital or, or not. Um, but yeah, some need it more than others. Mm. Okay. That, that certainly makes sense. So shifting gears here a little bit to talk um, about personal development. Um, I know, you know, investing yourself um, is a big thing for you, but what are, what are some of your favorite ways to invest in yourself, whether that be books, masterminds, one-on-one programs, what would you say in your journey has been the top two or three ways that you like to invest in yourself and why? Before I answer this question, I think the most important thing is to understand how best you learn. Some people are visual learners, watching mm -hmm. videos. Some people are, um, they learn best from reading. I know people who learn best from talking to other people. For me, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but <laughs> I think um, I'm more like visual where like watching videos and meeting people. So for me, I'll tell you a quick story. Like I went to Costa Rica in August and I met with um, Jesse Itzler, uh, Damon John, Kevin Harrington, both from Shark Tank. And I'm the only type of person, Joe, where like I'll read a book and I'll kind of like understand, oh, here were a couple points. But literally like listening to someone talk about some, and I think it's like an emotional thing when people start to talk about emotional things that impacted them. It just resonates with me more. Right. And the stuff that they teach as well, um, visually with slides, that definitely um, gets into my head a little uh, better. So I would say the first thing is figure out how you learn. And there's like, what is it? 16personalities.com. It's like a personality test that you can go on. I would highly recommend that to see like what kind of learner are you? And it can tell like career path and all kind of stuff. Um, but once you know that, again, like you want to harness skills. You don't necessarily like, sure, you want to grow the business, but you can only grow the business with the skills that you have, mm. as Alex from Rosie puts it, you know, like right. the business is only going to grow as skillful as the entrepreneur is. Right. If the entrepreneur is only skilled to a certain capacity, then the business is going to be at certain capacity right. as well. So I would recommend if you have, like I say, a thousand dollars, if you are someone who you know, learns best from reading, read books. If you're someone who learns from interacting with people, join a mastermind. Mm. Um, there's so many different ways to learn. The thing you cannot do though is sit back and be complacent. If you had one good month, one good year, one good quarter, whatever it mm. is, the the sole fact of death in your business is being complacent and not trying to learn more and trying to get to that next level. I mm. firmly understand because I've had it too. Is where I have a good quarter, whatever. Ooh, let's party! Right. But at the end of it, I and I tell tell my sales team as well on Fridays, like guys, you crush it this week enjoy it, pop bottles, do whatever you want to do, go party. But come Monday, we're disciplined, we're hungry, we're savages, we're ready to go. And mm. and that's how, um, that, that's what I would say, honestly, for that. Mm. Thank you for sharing. So to finish up, if there was a principle or practice we didn't cover today um, that you would like to share, what would it be? Principle or practice. So I would say the, the biggest thing out of, um, out of life, I think, and I, I was just talking to a friend about this, is I don't think the the meaning of life is to be happy necessarily. Mm. I think it's to have a purpose and to lean with that purpose. Because just like we were talking about earlier in the show, I was going to be an engineering major. Mm. I figured out very quickly I was just doing it for the money. Mm. To this day, I might be a little frustrated, but even if I'm two years into being an entrepreneur, which technically I am, 
I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't, I would be somewhat upset that, you know, if we made like $0 in revenue, whatever, I was not the case, but I would be more upset being in that engineering career rather than chasing my dreams of putting myself out there and mm. being an entrepreneur. So my meaning and, and point behind all that is know who you are. Mm. Know who you are, know your faults, know your weaknesses. I think a lot of people just like to take a paintbrush and you know stroke, oh yeah, like I'm I'm this and that's how I'm going to be. And that might be the case, but you can also change that as well. You can harness right. different skills and you need to pull different levers to, to figure out what exactly you're good and, and not good at. So I think the biggest thing is really getting to know who you are as a person, what strengths and weaknesses you have. And then I don't necessarily like I, I I get Gary V's point where it's like, oh, only focus on your weaknesses. But like, if you can't sell and you're bad at that, you got to get that skill up. That's that's one of the biggest things. You know what I mean? So I, le learning who you are as a human being and, and having that baseline level to where you can grow and what you love to do, I mm. think is always going to serve you well. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so if you don't mind, can you please share with my listeners where they can connect with you as well as um, reach out to you for your services? Absolutely. So all you have to do is go to seanboyle.com. You can learn more about me. You have uh, my companies on there as well. Uh, it's just S-E-A-N-B-O-Y-L-E.com. I have forms you can fill out. I think I have my personal number on there as well. So if you guys have any questions, I'll just connect. Uh, give me a buzz, text me, email me. Um, I look forward to it. Awesome. Definitely. Thank you for joining me on today's show. I will also be including um, the links to your website and your social media platforms in the show notes. And to my listeners, I hope you take something that you learned today and implement it in your daily path instead of just taking something that you learned and not doing anything with it. You dropped a lot of gems for you today. So I hope you implement something so that way you can create the authentic life and business you desire. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Daily Path Podcast. If you would like to launch your own podcast show to expand your reach, grow your network, and sign more premium clients for your business, visit dailypathacademy.com to learn how we can help you launch an impactful podcast that changes lives around the world and acquires high-ticket clients for your business. That's dailypathacademy.com.